If you would, please turn to the front of your bulletin. You'll see our scripture passage there, Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7. I will read it again as we prepare our hearts for the preaching of God's Word. This is from Paul's epistle, the letter he wrote to the church in Colossae that we call the book of Colossians. It's Colossians 2, 6 through 7. This is God's holy and errant and authoritative word to us this day. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. If you'll pray with me. Father, we are so grateful to be here this day to worship you, to sing praises to you, to fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, to marvel at who you are and what you have done, and to thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, now as we hear your word preached, we pray that, Father, we would grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we would be rooted in Him and established in the faith in Him. And Father, that would overflow with thanksgiving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you know that it was in 1863 that President Abraham Lincoln declared Thanksgiving to be a national holiday? In his proclamation, Lincoln said, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Hey, that's a good, good call right there. Of course, Lincoln didn't start the idea of Thanksgiving. We find Thanksgiving all over the scriptures. We saw Thanksgiving in several passages we read this morning. In Psalm 36, our scripture reading today, we find this beautiful liturgical psalm where God's people recite over and over Thanksgiving and the steadfast love of the Lord that endures forever. And we see in that place and in other places in scriptures that that thanksgiving is a key ingredient to worship. Thanksgiving is actually an act of worship. And because thanksgiving is such an important emphasis that sometimes a train is needed to emphasize it. So we'll, 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 we'll have a meditative pause here now to think about that. So, soundproof on this side of the building. Are we taking note of that? Uh, train tracks over there. Is it coming this way or is it going away? Does anybody know? So, you know they tell you, they tell you this in seminary. What do you do when a train comes? Oh. It's the same train, isn't it? He's making a loop. He's doing it. He's doing it. I know he is. I know he is. We're going to somebody talk to that guy. All right. So because Thanksgiving 
is such an important emphasis in worship, it, it naturally saturates our prayers. Our prayers are full of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the response of our learning more and more and growing deeper and deeper in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and of the glorious gospel. So in our passage this morning in Colossians 2, we see that the, it is the gospel that moves us to give thanks. You know, 2020 has been a challenging year, has it not? It's been a difficult year. And yet, there are so many things that we can look back on and give thanks and be grateful, right? Because we serve a sovereign Lord who, who is sovereign over all things. He, he orchestrates, he, he governs, he, he administrates everything and everyone and all of our actions. So what are the things that we can look back on and be thankful and, and grateful is our abounding campaign, for those of you members of Cornerstone, you may remember that we had this thing called Abounding in Christ and for the city in February, March of this year, almost said last year, it was this year. And as soon as we finished that, that campaign, that time, the pandemic hit. Doesn't that feel like a decade ago? And somebody said, well, I think today is March 114th. You know, that's kind of what it feels like. But we can be so grateful, and our, and our leadership has given thanks on many occasions that we were able to finish that work uh, right before the pandemic hit our country. And if you remember back that time, our, our theme verse, our theme passage was this passage, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't get think that at the end of this year I would be standing in front of you preaching on abounding in thanksgiving. And that is how this passage concludes. The Apostle Paul encourages the church, encourages us to abound in thanksgiving to who God is and what he has done. Abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. How do we abound in thanksgiving? What does that look like for us? What does that look like for you? What does that look like for the church to abound in thanksgiving? I would like us to take a few moments this morning to think about that phrase, to meditate upon it in this season of thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. What do you think of when you hear the word abounding? I think of, of growing of living, of thriving, of, of momentum, abundant, generous. I, I can't help but think of Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. I mean, I just, my mind just immediately goes there. He's just always bounding around. He's always happy. And you knew on an episode of Winnie the Pooh, when Tigger wasn't bounding around, things, things were not going good, right? That's the idea here of abounding. In a Greek dictionary, we find the word abounding means to be over and above, to be superfluous, superfluous, abundant, generous. So we have this energetic idea of momentum, of moving forward, of abounding. But there's something that we're called to abound in. We are to be an abounding people who abound in thanksgiving, the scripture says. Again, Abraham Lincoln did not come up with the idea of thanksgiving. God did, and he calls us to give thanksgiving. The word thanksgiving is 
where we get the word Eucharist, it means gratitude, thankfulness. Abounding in thanksgiving means we are generous in our gratitude. And so the church is called to abound in thanksgiving. And what I'd like for us to meditate on this morning as we think about abounding in thanksgiving is how there is a a past, a present, and a future dimension to our abounding in thanksgiving. How do we do this? How do we think about this? And it all has to do with our salvation in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So first and foremost, we abound in thanksgiving by looking back. We think about the past. In Colossians 2, verse 6 there, Paul indicates that we would abound in thanksgiving by looking back, by remembering what Christ has done. And so he says, as you received Christ as Lord, he's calling them to, to remember what the Lord has done for them. He's reminding the church of their salvation in Christ and how they were once walking in darkness, how they were dead in their sins, but now have new life in Christ. Later in Colossians 2, Paul will say this. He says, And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. But God made alive together with him, having forgiven us of all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing to the cross. All that to say, When we remember the past, when we remember where we came from, the Bible says we were dead in our sin. And as we consider how God has rescued us in Christ, that is a huge reason to be thankful. That is the greatest reason to be thankful. That is the reason for thanksgiving, the gospel. And so when we consider our salvation... What God has done for us in Jesus Christ by canceling the debt of our sin, there's only one response. There's only one thing that we could do. There's only one thing that is left to do, and that is thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but I want to be a better prayer. I sometimes wish that I had more substantive prayers, right? And oftentimes, my prayers go something like this. God, thank you for this, 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 and this. I have a list, right? And we're always thanking God in prayer. And sometimes I think I should change my prayers a little bit. I need to freshen my prayer life up a little bit. But according to the Bible, that's not a bad thing. We should be a thankful people. In response to our salvation, thanksgiving should be our life. Every time we give thanks to God, what are we doing? We're declaring our great need of Him, and we're declaring His majesty over all. And so with that in mind, we cannot outdo our thanks to God, can we? We cannot stop giving thanksgiving. And so let me ask you this morning, is the overall tenor of your life, your word, your, 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 your actions, the things that you find important, that you spend most of your time doing, are they marked by thanksgiving? And if they're not, then why? Why why is that? Could it be, could it be that we are not looking back and remembering what God has done for us in Christ? 
Because when we remember the gospel and we remember what God has done for us in Christ, we remember that he has, he has met our greatest need by canceling the debt of our sin. That is the reason for us to abound in thanksgiving. And that is what we need to remember this day. But there's also a present dimension to thanksgiving. We are to abound in thanksgiving by looking to our present, to today. The word abounding in the Greek, it's called a, active par a present active participle. That means it's something that we do and we keep doing. It's, it's, it marks our lives. It's a continual action. It's something that we're always doing in response to God's goodness toward us. In Colossians 2, in our passage, has a very present dimension to it. Our thanksgiving, it involves our walk in Christ. That's our Christian life. That's the, the way we daily live for the Lord. And so Paul says, remember your new life in Christ. He says, so walk in Him. Be rooted in Him. Build, built up and established in the faith. It's all very present here and now. That is what is to mark our lives in Christ. So how do we do these things? How do we walk and grow and establish our life in Christ? We do it by the means of grace. We do it by all the ways that God has supplied for us. What a blessing that we have musicians to lead us in worship, that we have the scriptures to read and study, that we have each other to gather together in fellowship. And I think that's an important ingredient we need to think about today. We have each other. This is something we do together. Abounding in thanksgiving, abounding in Christ. It's something we do as a local church. So the Bible is constantly telling you and showing you that abounding in Christ is not to be done alone. It's to be done in the body of Christ. It's the local church that helps us in our walk with Christ, that helps us be a thankful people. Today we're standing on some property that has been prayed over more than any property I've ever prayed about. It's something the Lord blessed us with about two years ago. And today we're thank a thankful people because the Lord is good and He has provided. He has given us this place. And Lord willing, next year we'll begin to see this piece of ground change. As dirt is moved, as concrete is poured, as steel is erected, as bricks go up brick by brick, and this place will transform and become a house. Lord willing, a home, a sanctuary for us, a body of Christ, all so that we may abound in thanksgiving. We're praying that this, this new building, this new church home that will help us to abound in our mission, this mission that God has given us to be a community of Christ followers who worship and grow and serve together to glorify God in Huntsville and throughout the world. But it's not just for us, is it? Lord willing, it will be for generations and generations and generations after us. There are churches that we can almost see here downtown that have been here for nearly 200 years. 200 years. Do we have a vision that the Lord would establish another church that long that will love Him, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and teach others to be faithful? 
This is who we are and what we believe that God has called us to be. We believe that these components, these values of, of worship, of growing, of serving, that they are essential ingredients that are needed to honor the Lord and to be the faithful church of the Lord Jesus Christ. All that to say, we abound in thanksgiving by looking at what God has done here and now. Our present reality shows us that we have much to be thankful for, and these things should move us toward thanksgiving and not just for the material and the physical. God's blessings are much greater than that. They are spiritual. It is these spiritual blessings from God. That is to be our focus of thanksgiving. As human beings and certainly as Americans, it's easy for us to be thankful for material blessings, right? We're thankful for our homes, for our food, for our jobs, for our stuff. But the scriptures call us to move beyond all that and to be thankful for not just material blessings, but to the spiritual blessings. And as we consider our spiritual blessings today, all that God has done for us in Christ, we can identify with the psalmist in Psalm 23 when he says, my cup overflows. Brothers and sisters, our cup overflows today. Let's thank God for the superabundance that he has given to us in Christ. But finally, we abound in thanksgiving by looking to the future. There is a future dimension to our thanksgiving. We thank and praise God for who he is and what he has done in Christ and what he's doing right now, but also what he will do. For the church, the future demands, reminds us that Christ is coming again and that he's going to make all things new. And the rest of our lives in eternity will be marked with praise and thanksgiving. But today for Cornerstone, we're praying and we're asking God to do something. We're asking him to work in our lives, to work in this city and to help us build a new building on this very property. And so how can we respond in thanksgiving to that? I believe it is by being faithful to the opportunity that God has given to us. It's right in front of us. We have an opportunity by God's grace to do something that won't be just for ourselves, but will be for the future. That we could root ourselves right here downtown and be a blessing for the gospel in the city. Not so that we could have a shiny new building, because... New doesn't last long these days, does it? But so that we can have a home. A home by which we can abound in our mission to be followers of Christ, to worship, grow, and serve together to glorify God, not only for today, but for tomorrow, and for the years to come and generations after us. I'm thankful for the opportunity and that opportunity that God has given us. And I pray that gratitude would overflow our hearts today and into the future. Today is a day for us to gather together as a church body to worship and to give thanksgiving. And as we look back, as we see where we are now, as we look ahead to the future, we have much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that God has 
called us to be a church family. I'm thankful for a church that loves the scriptures, that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, that is committed to the word, that is committed to the sacraments, that is committed to the discipline of growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the many ways that God's provided for Cornerstone, many different venues, places for us to worship. I'm thankful for the people that God has brought into our fellowship, for us to have friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm thankful for all the saints who have gone before us, who have been such an example to our church body. I'm thankful for the opportunities that God has given us, even today, to be a part of His kingdom work here in Huntsville and around the world. I'm thankful for you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. You are a blessing to me and my family. And I'm so thankful that we get to be here today to abound in thanksgiving. It is with a grateful heart for all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. That is what will help us strengthen our grip on the truth of the gospel and a great desire to see it abound in our lives and here in Huntsville. I truly believe that. It is a grateful heart, a spirit of thanksgiving that will help us to, to strengthen our grip on the truth of the gospel so that we may abound in thanksgiving. Friends, I must tell you today, that we still have more work to do. There's still more growth for us. We are thankful for what God is doing, but, but more resources, more prayer is going to be needed to complete this journey that God has called us to. And so for us to abound in thanksgiving, could I just ask that you would join me in prayer? That you will pray that God will work in our hearts, that He will work in this city that he will work through the plans and the processes that we have ahead. Will you, will you give? Will you ask the Lord to help us abound in thanksgiving for his glory? May God help us. May God help us to abound in Christ with thanksgiving. Final word from the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Oh, with a grateful heart, O oh Lord, we give you thanks. We rejoice in who you are and what you've done for us. And we thank you for your word that reminds us of just where thanksgiving flows from. It flows from the gospel. And so, Lord, may we never get tired of that good news that Christ lived, that he died, that he rose again for us. And so, Lord, would you strengthen us and help us to abound in thanksgiving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.